Welcome to the Business Finishing School Podcast, the Financial Battleship Edition. Learn how to regain liquidity, use, and control of your cash while harnessing the power of uninterrupted compounding. Become a wealth creator. Here's your host, President and CEO of Living Wealthy Financial, Teresa Kuhn. This is Rick Sapio again with Teresa Kuhn, and we are talking about money. Money belongs to finances, Teresa. You know more about this than I do. I love what I saw a long, long time ago. Somebody handed me something when I was walking out of Ross Perot's office probably 30 years ago, and it was a pamphlet of all the things he learned from his dad, all the things that Ross Perot learned from his dad. And in the pamphlet was his favorite quote that he learned from his dad. It said, treat money as you would treat water in a trek across the desert. And even though I heard it, and even though I respect the crap out of what Ross Perot has achieved with his family and with his finances and with his future and with his faith, I never really honored that quote. But you have, and your whole life was built on that quote. So the title of this podcast is Treat Money as If It Is Sacred, just like Ross Perot's dad taught him. So why should people treat money as if money is sacred, Teresa? Thank you for that. Although I can tell you, I did not treat money like it was sacred. My husband has, and he has taught me a lot. My father was a medical doctor and we lived a very comfortable life. In fact, we grew up in a very nice upper income neighborhood. People in the neighborhood, they were just amazing homes and we're going back a long time, right? And so I never really had to budget. And even though my parents were very down to earth, I went to the best schools. I had my education, college, law school paid for. I had my lifestyle paid for. I did work. It was something that came from me. I love to work. I love to contribute. I love to learn. And I had to learn. And my husband, being an engineer and being a totally self-made person, really taught me the value of money. And I'm still learning it today. Rick, if I had to do things over again, boy, there would be many, many more dollars in my bank account and my savings. So what have we learned? What have I learned, I can tell you? Protecting every dollar so that your dollar can work harder for you in your future and for future generations. And how do you do that? You do that, I think, number one, you realize that society is set up to take your dollars away from you. From a cultural perspective, from a mindset perspective, from a Wall Street investing perspective, there are a lot of predators out there that want your dollars. In addition, though, Teresa, as I'm listening from the audience's perspective, because I want to interview you on this, but you think about it, every time you turn on the TV or go online, they're advertising stuff that you don't need. And they're taking money from you in interest rates and products you don't need. We spend more money than any other country creating public storage so that we could put stuff there that we bought that we don't have room for. So it's just insane. So it's not only Wall Street and it's not only fees. It's not only taxes. It's also our behavior around spending for stuff we don't need. And the programming that society offers from little babies. It's starting very, very young. It's showing them commercials and things that they need to have in order to be happy. And so when your child, and I know your children don't watch TV, but the average child that watches TV, 
what do they look to their parents for? I want this, I want that, buy me this, buy me that. And I bet you don't take your kids to Toys R Us, but I remember taking my son to Toys R Us. And how insane was that looking back? Like, why did I take my son to Toys R Us? And we didn't do it very often. And I knew I didn't want a mall rat. I didn't take my son to a mall, like a lot of people do, just to pass the time. Because what happens when you're in a mall? You want to spend money. You see things that you want, not need. But I did take my son to Toys R Us a couple times when he was younger. And I remember looking back, how crazy, how dumb was that? I'm exposing him to all this stuff that he doesn't need. Rick, did you grow up with any mall rats? Yeah, I never really related to them because it's very strange. As a very young kid without a lot of access to a lot of things, my dad went bankrupt when I was six. I always looked at the people that kind of hung out in malls as not using their gift. And I'm articulating it better now, but as a kid, I always wanted to fix things and learn things and exercise and swim. I wasn't really the type of guy that liked to hang out and have fun and play games. I felt like the type of kid that have much more fun taking a bicycle apart, putting it back together. And as I got older, taking engines apart and putting them back together. But I did know kids that hung out at malls and liked to see movies, for example, and spend a lot of time watching TV and whatnot. I just wasn't one of those kids. And so now as an adult and with four kids of my own who are very young, I'm mindful of that. Yeah, what I learned. Now, the interesting thing is they don't have a lot of stuff, but recently they saw one of their friends got a Wii and now they want a Wii. And one of their friends got this motorized go-kart and they want one of those. So their desires are coming from seeing what other people have, not what the media or commercials on TV and stuff like that. So interesting. I do have a slant toward, obviously, if you've been listening to this for a long time, I have a slant toward trying to have a productivity element to all aspects of my life and having my kids be productive citizens and not just consuming culture for culture's sake. But having said all that, let's go back to why I'm interviewing you on this topic. Why should people treat money like they would treat water on a trek across the desert? What I'm about to say will bother those that think they have an abundance mindset. Money is a scarce resource. Yes, it's abundant in the world. You could have as much of it as you want. The reality is that if you treat your dollars as if they're not scarce, that they're abundant, that you can always make more money, you can lose in this investment. It's okay to buy all that crap you don't need. You will come to a place in life and look back and say, oh my gosh, I could have had so much more if I had protected or been a better steward of every dollar that came through my world. It's an exercise I love to do with my clients, Rick. And the exercise is in the last 10 years, we won't go back to the day one when you started making money. And I know you started working when you were very young, but last 10 years, if you were to add up, number one, all the revenue that came through your company, top line, and number two, every dollar that you earned, that you paid yourself in income, you don't have to tell us, but how much money would that be? Wouldn't that be just like a huge amount of money and compare it to your net worth, how much you've increased your net worth by in the last 10 years? When people do this exercise, it's depressing for most people. It slaps them in the face. The amount of money that came into their world and what they were able to create or keep with that money. 
I talked to a lot of CPAs and I asked them, you know, how are your clients? You know, you do a thousand tax returns a year. How are your clients? How do they do on their investments? I always get the same answer. People are horrible investors and it's true they are. So what we're talking about is shifting your mindset from being an investor and taking risks with your money to actually saving your money, putting your money in specially designed life insurance policies, keeping your money in the bank, having some money in cash maybe as a protection if you need it in an emergency. I'm talking about green cash a little bit at home goes a long way at times. What I'm saying is as opposed to being an investor and taking risk, Think about your money from the perspective of how do I save it? How do I keep it? How do I take no risk? And you do that by creating specially designed life insurance policies that act like savings accounts and go up predictably. You do it with money market accounts, with cash, keeping money in the bank. And that safety net creates the foundation. After you have that foundation built, then you could start taking risk with your money. But the whole notion of treating money as you would treat water on a trek across the desert takes it to a whole new level. And I, I tell my kids all the time that you won't get rewarded financially unless you've shown that you could be responsible with what little you have now. And I do think that's a spiritual, faith-based way of looking at money. If you've always wasted money, if you always fritter it away, if you always make bad investments, I don't know how you get rewarded later. And that's why you've seen all the stories, I'm sure, about the people who win the lottery. They were never responsible with money. Then they win the lottery, they get $10 million, and five years later, they're broke again. And that's an example, an extreme example of people who never learned this lesson. So, Teresa, as we close out this podcast... And we shift our mindset from the mindset we have now to the mindset of really treating money sacredly, almost as we would treat water if we were to make a trek across the desert, as Ross Perot's dad told him. What are some quick things that people can take away that they can do right now? I love the exercise of taking inventory of how much money has come into your world in the last 10 years. So if you made $100,000 a year on average for the last 10 years, that's a million dollars. If you made a million dollars a year for the last 10 years, that's $10 million. And do a quick balance sheet, net worth statement. Where are you? How much money are you worth in terms of assets? Another quick thing that you can do, take inventory of your mindset with regards to stuff. You are very mindful and thoughtful of your stuff, how much stuff you have around you, Rick. And I think that's something that people get caught up in the buying and accumulation of stuff. Either guys that I know, clients that I know have a lot of stuff when it comes to golf. They are big golfers or boating. I grew up in a boating community. In terms of stuff, oh my gosh, my father had a boat. Our neighbors had these huge yachts. The amount of stuff that they had regarding boating was insane. Parents and what they buy their kids in terms of stuff and toys, etc. Just take inventory of that and add up. How much money do you think all that stuff has cost you? And look at how much you have in savings, not investing. I think today people realize there's a huge difference. Did you know, Rick, that savings right now is up 33%? Why do you think that is? Because people are realizing, holy crap, I have not done a good job at savings and our life is upside down. Our world is upside down. Let me preserve some of those dollars. 
you made me think about one of the outcomes of this podcast needs to be that you treat investing very differently than you treat savings. Savings are things, dollars that are put away for later that you have no risk on. And you have to have that mindset. As a young person, I didn't know that mindset. Every dollar I had, I treated as an investment dollar and took far more risk. And I failed to build a foundation when I was young. And like you, there was a lot of waste. And now here I am saying to people, don't do that. And I think wisdom comes from, you know, obviously having a lot of experience in your life, but wisdom also comes from learning from other people's experiences. So with that, any final words, Teresa? There's just so much I could say, Rick, that I think you you said it very well. Investing is not saving. You invested a lot of money when you were younger. And I will say it was all by design. The whole world is out to get your dollars from an investing perspective, from a consumption perspective. Be mindful. Do the little exercises that we recommend. It's going to slap you in the face. It'll probably depress you some. That's not the intention. If you do feel depressed, feel it, acknowledge it, move on. Your tomorrow is going to be better than your past. Always remember that. And you've got some actionable items now taking responsibility for your future self and your finances. Your tomorrow can be very different than where you are today. Thank you, Teresa. That was a great ending. Everyone have a blessed day. Thank you for tuning in to the Business Finishing School podcast where we teach you business growth simplified. For more information on Business Finishing School or their Business Growth Summit event, visit businessfinishingschool.com.